Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to your one and only Long Beach State Athletics podcast featuring the one and only athletics director, Andy Fee. This is the LB Fee Show, and as always, it is hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and to my right. I'm Mike Gardabasio. Uh, we're going to be joined a little bit later by our special guest, men's basketball coach, Sen Q. Carey. A really great interview. Actually got to go into some of the uh, more inspirational aspects of his background. I've learned a lot about him, stuff that I didn't know. So definitely stick around, check that out. Uh, but before we get to that, Andy, welcome to your show. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Are we are we staying dry? I guess that's the real question. No, right yeah, yeah. I we're, don't co- think- we're covering a soccer. We're recording this on Tuesday. We're covering a soccer game tonight at five o'clock. I believe an hour after it's supposed to start torrentially oh, raining boy. for four hours straight. Yeah, tarp tarp life for the five six two dot org. How are you doing? Your office isn't in the pyramid, so hopefully you don't have a leaky roof over your head. But uh, <laughs> no, no leaky roof. But I'm walking around with an umbrella, and that seems very odd to You're me. You're like, what's? Ha- I mean, I've moved to Long Beach. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Why is this happening? It won't don't last long, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, busy weekend, Andy. What, what, what were you up to this weekend? Bu- busy weekend. So obviously, we uh, we had a great game, uh, men's basketball on on Saturday at the Pyramid. So uh, you know, a little bit of a roller coaster there, but uh, great finish for the guys. And if, then, uh, if anyone has not seen that yet, visit the five six hour. We got a highlight video up, including uh, uh, books thirty two points, which is a nice way to uh, compensate for Temi not being out there. Deshaun Booker <laughs> living at the free throw line. If you like game. free throws. This this is a game to watch. <laughs> I was saying, uh, I, I was, it was sort of funny. So I got the video and I was cutting it and I hadn't seen the box score. So I'm cutting the video and I text our guy who did the video and I was like, how'd this kid have 32 points and he only have three clips in him? And he was like, look at the box score. It was a 19 to 20 from the free throw line. And I was like, oh, got it. <laughs> I was complaining during the game to myself. I can't believe they're, they're not calling there. They're not letting this go. They're just letting this go. And I looked at the final stats and I saw how many free throws we shot. And then I looked at how many free throws you Davis had. The, and I was like, the officials door and we're like, sorry about that. Yeah, guys. I wanted to apologize. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. How dare I, you know, but, uh, yeah, book uh, book was the man, that's for sure. So you also, on Sunday, had the golf fundraiser, right? Yeah, so we uh, had a, a great fundraiser for our men's and women's golf programs. They're, they're obviously going to be teeing off here shortly in the next uh, week or so, I think, next couple weeks. Um, and so this is the second year we've done it. Uh, one of our, our donors, Frank Newell, um, he and his wife, Margie, were gracious enough to, to open their home again. And it was great. We had a good group, had both teams there, the coaches, chance for folks just to meet and mingle and spend time around our student athletes. Picturesque backyard as well. Yes. Uh, you know, this is why we all live in Long Beach. <laughs> and uh, Frank and Margie Newell are doing it right, that's for sure. Now, here's the most important question of the weekend. Did they also have the football games on? They did. So all right, all right. Uh, there Golf was. And football really are like wrapped around each other. I feel like of, I, of any sport you could have gone to the fundraiser for, I feel like golf would be the one I'd be most sure they'd have the football game on. It That's fit fair. nicely. It fit nicely. You know, I, I have to admit I would wander in and out of uh, their living room to, yeah. to, to, to <laughs> see uh, the, the Saints. I'm a, I'm a Jew uh, Breeze guy uh, from his days with the Chargers. I'm not a huge Charger guy, but I always loved Drew Breeze, and uh, so I've always followed him. I don't think you could be a mid-major sports person and not love Drew Breeze. Like I know Purdue is not a, <laughs> not a mid-major, but like he feels to me like the closest thing to a Big West quarterback that there is, For just sure. because of his height, what he overcame with his shoulder and everything else. 
Well, busy weekend for football. It's also a busy week this week for Long Beach State Athletics. A lot of basketball and some volleyball going on. So we're going to run down this week at the beach. We were just talking about the men's basketball team that came back to beat that UC Davis team, like we said, without Temadio Youssef. Uh, they were down at halftime, come out on a 12-0 run to start the second half. Not something we've seen a Long Beach team do in quite some time. And by 10 minutes into the second half, they were up 10. So it was a 20-point swing in 10 minutes. I, I was very happy. I was up in the Eclair room at halftime uh, mingling with folks and donors. And as I left, uh, I probably left uh, a little bit after, obviously, the, the second half had started. But I got down on the floor, and I come around the corner, and I look up, and we were up 36-35. And I went, so you turned around and went back to the Eclair room? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where was I? What was I doing? Don't break the luck. And, uh, yeah, that was an amazing uh, start to the second half and uh, you know great adjustments by the team programming note we are recording this before the men's basketball team travels to UC Irvine for their game Wednesday renewing that black and blue rivalry which will certainly be black and blue that UC Irvine team is very physical this year so that should be a fun one and then the 49ers come back to Long Beach State Walter Pyramid on Saturday night to take on the hated ones, Cal State Fullerton, who have two guards averaging over 35 points a game. That's Ahmed and Alman. You would remember them from the tournament game last year. So a little revenge on the mind for the beach this weekend. Yeah, and, you know, that essentially when you think back to, to Davis on Saturday, you know, the way that that game ended last year. And, you know, this is redemption. This is a chance. Uh, the slate is clean, so to speak, in terms of a conference schedule. And, uh, you know, I think we're starting to, to peak. You know, we're still battling through a, a few dings here and there. But I think the psyche of this team right now, the men's team, is, is very strong. And, and I can say that for the women's side as well. Yeah, we talked a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago about Coach Kamen uh, making some changes to the lineup to emphasize defense a little bit more. And then, sure enough, they go to Riverside to start the Big West schedule and hold them to 45 points. <laughs> right. So uh, I, I, it's, I was actually talking to him the night before the Big West opener. He was at the, uh, the, the Polly Millican High School game recruiting, uh, which we love seeing Jeff out there. He does a great job of getting out to the local games. Um, and I was talking to him about, so what do you do? You stay with the defensive lineup, you know? And he said, well, I mean, I think that just, that's what we got to hang our hat on right now. And clearly it worked out for them with that win over Riverside. They are hosting Cal Poly this week and then traveling to Santa Barbara. So I feel like with both the men's and the women's team, we're going to have a better idea at the end of this week, uh, you know, what they're made of. Because Long Beach, the, the men's team playing probably, you know, two of the harder teams, obviously, they'll play. And then on the women's team, these are both winnable games. And suddenly for that team, with the way they started the year, if they could be 3-0 in conference play, obviously they would be pretty excited about that. Yeah, we saw two – I saw two teams this weekend, that Davis team and the Long Beach State team, who look like a team you don't want to see in the conference tournament. For sure. That Long Beach State women's team is like, oh, no thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, any, any given night, we might score less than 50 against that exactly. squad. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the other big game, I mean, it's it's uh, 30 miles away, but it might be the biggest game of the week. The one, Certainly the one I'm most excited for. The men's volleyball team is traveling up to Poly Pavilion for a national championship rematch at 7 p.m. on Saturday. That's the top-ranked, undefeated Long Beach State team taking on the number five Bruins, who are 4-1 and one with a uh, pretty surprise surprising sweep loss to Northridge but I'm fired up that uh that national championship match probably the best volleyball match I've ever seen and we've covered some international matches still probably the best volleyball match I've ever seen and uh I think anytime those two teams play each other as long as Allen is here and John is at UCLA that will be on everybody's calendar circled three or four times in red for sure yeah I mean there's you know you, you know it's it's the old kind of cliche of throwing the the, the, the records out but 
you know, there's not a lot of love between these two programs. I mean that <laughs> from a competitive standpoint. Well, it is, it is really interesting. Like TJ and Kyle for Long Beach play for like UCLA's right. coach is the, the men's national team coach. And because Long Beach is so good, they have the only two collegiate players on that team. So TJ and Kyle spent the summer playing for John in red, white, and blue and now get to go up against him, which I, I think that's an amazing dynamic. You don't get that in many sports, obviously. It will have been 259 days since winning the national championship at Poly Pavilion, that the team returns to Poly Pavilion. What do you think? Which team feels like it's last week? Does UCLA feel like it's last week? Or does Long Beach State feel like it's last week? What do you mean feels like it's last week? The championship. It's oh, 250, oh, oh, it's 260 oh, days away. But somebody feels like it was just yesterday. I know that that has not sat well with, like, just based on what TJ said about some of the jokes John would make over the summer. I know that didn't sit well with UCLA. So I'm sure they're looking forward to hosting that game and trying to get a different result. For sure. You know, yeah, they, they've had this one circled for a while. <laughs> so you can do a lot of Long Beach State watching this week because the women are going to be at home on Thursday night taking on Cal Poly. Then they're going to visit UCLA. UC Santa Barbara on Saturday, but on Saturday, Long Beach State men's basketball at home against Cal State Fullerton and the men's volleyball team at UCLA on Saturday. And you're going to find all of that coverage, as always, at the562.org. We are now going to welcome on our special guest who hails from NorCal, East Palo Alto, an accomplished basketball player, coach, and recruiter. He's got the all-around game. It's Long Beach State men's basketball assistant coach, Sen Q. Carey. Coach Carey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Appreciate you guys having me. Huge win for you guys over the weekend. We are recording this on Tuesday, so it's before the UCI game, after the big win against UC Davis, and you guys did it without Temadio Youssef on the floor. Just talk about how this team is turning around at the right time for conference play. Well, you know, we, we play a, a very challenging preseason schedule just for times like this. Um, throughout that preseason schedule, we had many people missing throughout the season. So many people have to adjust and step their games up. So like I said, I think uh, hats go off to Coach Munson for playing that kind of schedule to put us through those kind of grueling times just to get overcome things like this. That's something I wanted to ask you about because the way that Dan schedules and is always scheduled playing those tough teams, I feel like sometimes we see a little bit of a split, not just among fans, but among coaches and players as well, about what's the line between facing adversity so that you know how to get through that stuff in the Big West schedule versus maybe winning more games is better for confidence and those kind of things. So you feel like the, the more challenging schedule sets you up better for games like that Davis one without well, Temi. Well, I think, I, I think it doesn't hurt you. Um, Experience is something that that you grow from. Losses you obviously can get better from. Wins you can get better from. But just the experience of losing someone, or someone's being suspended, or someone being hurt, or or anything that comes throughout a whole season in the preseason, to be able to 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 lean back on that experience in the preseason for this conference play is big for our young team. Would you say the season's going so far the way you thought it would? Um, I thought we'd be undefeated right now, but, <laughs> but like to, to be honest with you, I know through experience that things happen. And as long as we all stay the course, you know, we understand that it's not a lot of championships that's going to be won in November. It's up for us right now to tie all those experiences together and try to, you know, come out as a stronger unit for times like this in conference play. Now you were a pretty elite basketball player. Ended up playing in a Pac-12. Or, you do or excuse have that, me, you the do, pack that was the Pac-10. Yeah, you do have yeah. that over Dan. I believe right. you were more heavily recruited out of high school right. than. Uh, than yeah. he, was a, he was a lot better football yeah. player than I was. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So the experience that you had as a recruit, and now the experience that you try to give players as a recruiter here at Long Beach State, you know, compare those two. I mean, what did you go through as a player? 
I went through a lot of different um, experiences as a as a um, high school player coming up, um, different recruiting tactics and rules and and, and different uh, recruiting methods. Um, I would say now what I try to do is try to just lean back on those experiences that I like, the honesty, the openness, um, just to be real with our, our recruits that's coming in and tell them exactly what we're looking for, just to see if we can you know meet each other on a common ground. But, but you only got letters, right? No emails, no, no we Twitter. No calls, no Twitter, no emails like that. It was more letters and, and, and I think two phone calls. What was the weirdest thing someone pulled on you? I mean, did you, 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 um, you mentioned you prefer honesty. I know, you know, we obviously have covered a lot of elite high school kids, and it, it isn't always that way, right? So yeah. you, have a, you have a funny story or something of something someone tried to, you know, pull over on you? Well, um, I go back to USC. I, I, I was recruited by USC as a junior. And I remember the first day that you can get mail, I got like 250 <laughs> pieces of mail that's just, you know, saying, you know, Henry Bivy wants you or such and such wants you. Or Obviously, Coach Miller is, is who did our game last against Davis on the TV, you know. I live right down the street from Shaquille O'Neal. You know, what I mean? like, okay. You know, what I mean? we uh, so you know, I, I mentioned. I mean, we were fortunate covering high school sports in Long Beach. Obviously, it's been a lot of All Americans and stuff we've covered coming out of here. The one story I'll always remember is a women's player. Her name was Kendall Cooper. She played at St. Anthony. She ended up going to Duke. She was a McDonald's All American, and she did some interview with us where she said that she liked cupcakes. Right. And the next day. Uh, I'm not sure of the college. I want to say it was Notre Dame. One of the assistant coaches sent her printouts of all the Yelp reviews of all the best cupcake places around the go. campus. You got to be creative. Yeah, you know, but, I, she, but she was probably sort of like you were. She was kind of put off by it a little yeah, bit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, she was like, yeah. I, you know, you don't have to be looking over my shoulder all the time right. or whatever. Just tell right. me about the team and right. the system that you run or whatever. Well, it was you know? good. You know, as, as, a, as a junior, like I said, getting all those letters was good, but you have to be a little you more, you know, uh, more to the point, more personal, you know what I mean? Just not, you know, hey, USC loves you. Next letter, hey, USC loves you. Right, right, you know, right. I what does the, the 170th letter you tell you that the 50th USC did it? Right. You, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the same thing over and over again. Do you, do you find now as a recruiter out there, you know, obviously uh, college basketball going through a huge change right. over the last few years, uh, do, do you see people out there stepping out of line a lot and it's something that you have to ignore or do you – look for other people and maybe wag the finger and tell somebody, give a little nudge, nudge. Like what in the recruiting game, are there people watching each other or does everybody kind of do their own thing? I think you're probably getting a little people watching here and there, but for the most part, we all in our own zones. You know, we looking for what we're looking for. Fullerton's looking for what they're looking for. So I don't think we have, a, I'm talking as a staff here at Long Beach State, we're not having a lot of time extra time to, to care about what other people's doing. As much as we can focus on what we're trying to get done, whether that's to, to go sign three centers or a point guard or something like that, we all is lined up on what we're trying to do. But I'm sure, so, you know, people doing whatever they got to do to get what they have to get. Um, you know, obviously, I feel like basketball coaches especially talk a lot about the change in the generation, the change in the culture around yes. the sport. How different do you think a 17-year-old kid is now compared to the average 17-year-old when you were being recruited? And as a recruiter, how do you kind of have to change your approach to, well, to meet I think, that? I think the majority of these guys are their own brands. You know what I mean? These these kids that with social media, they can already have 10,000, 15,000 followers who like what they do. So for the most part, 
we have to a recruiter I have to fit get in where I fit in as far as what's going to amuse this kid who's helping him make the decisions um what's important to him you know um like I said with so much social media most of these guys are already their own brands and they're trying to continue to develop that it, it is interesting because when I mean when we were all in high school like the thing you were trying to develop was an aspect of your game right I mean it, <laughs> right. you're like how am I getting better and I you know we don't as me as media guys I don't necessarily think it's bad to see that and you know you see some kids uh that are sort of setting themselves up to where it, it'll be profitable to them in a couple of years but at the same time i mean you mentioned it it was like someone to send you a letter or you get a phone call it wasn't like okay i'm starring in my own reality show all the time do you do you see a downside of that as well i guess yeah i see a lot of um a lot of got kids like we talk about it as a staff some of these kids are in it because of the shoes or the or the sweatsuits or the the things that basketball bring to you i think 10 years 20 years ago it was about what you had in your heart how much love you wanted to play for the game of basketball not how many followers you can get because you dunked the ball or right, right, something right. like that. It's about how much extra time can I put in the gym to develop a jump shot. It's a little know? bit like being a musician. Like you could right. tell who's in it because they love learning to play music and who's yeah. in it because they're trying to get girls, you know. Well, the music, you know, like you said, once you get paid, you can really tell who loves you. Right. You know what I mean? how, much, how much love do you really for sure. have for this music, right. you know? Uh, like I said, you've, you've really had the full college basketball experience, player, coach, and recruiter. Uh, as a player, you played at uh, Washington and also New Mexico. Uh, you had your career ended at New Mexico in 2002, though, uh, with an injury, spinal cord injury. What, what happened? Um, I, I had a spinal stenosis as a kid trying to play. Uh, didn't know how to play football back in the day, so I don't know if that's what it was from or whatever it was. I had narrowing of the spinal cord, which is spinal stenosis. So um, just over time, a freak accident, try to take a charge. Um, lost a little feeling in my legs for a couple weeks, you wow. know, um, which was drastic for me because I, I, you know, put everything I had in the game of basketball thinking that I had a future in it. So, you know, God is good. I had to uh, adjust to the situation. Um, luckily for me, um, put a lot of a lot of hard work into my educational piece. Um, was lucky enough to go in to be a graduate assistant. Loved the game so much and felt like, you know, since I couldn't play anymore, first thing I wanted to do is give back to the game, and, and that's by helping other kids. How, how did you get feeling back in your legs? I really don't know. God, you know, to be honest with you, um, I, it was one of those days where, you know, after laying in the bed for 10, 12 straight days, you know, wondering if you was going to ever have that feeling back in your legs to be able to, you know, have some tingling and some movement and some one little movement is all I needed to just to keep my, you know, mind over matter type of deal. That's incredible. I can only yeah. think of Kill Bill right now. That's terrifying. Wiggle your big toe. That's yeah, un that's unbelievable. Sure. Yeah. So what made you want to get back into basketball if that's where basketball uh, put you? That's all I knew, really. I mean, uh, I spent my whole life playing a game of basketball to get to the professional level. So, you know, I put so many man hours in it. it it's, it's pretty much what I've known. I was a point guard, so it was kind of the extension of the head coach. I had a mind for the game of basketball and just wanted to stay with it. Do you bring that approach? I mean, I, I always feel like we see at the high school and the collegiate level, every coach wants to emphasize to a player, think about something other than being in the NBA or the NFL, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, 
we talked with Dan a lot about that, about like the NCAA basketball is unique in that probably like 75% of division one men's basketball players think they're going to be in the NBA. No right. Um, but I always feel like that message carries more weight coming from a coach that has a story like yours, where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, no, 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 you really do want to make sure that your grades are up and you get the mm-hmm. degree, you know, do you incorporate that into the message you give the kids? I mean, do you talk about your story? I do, but I also encourage them to go for their dreams. You know, um, it's a lot of, um, players that that shouldn't be in the NBA that's in the NBA because they didn't listen to to people like myself or listen to, <laughs> to other people that tell them that they're they what they can't do. I really try to focus on what our players can do and try to enhance what they can do. And if they believe in what they believe in, then hey, I'm gonna try to help you any way I can to get there. And then once you realize that 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 dream is not really attainable, then let's try to fall back on something that can get you to something to fulfill that enjoyment. I think something that makes or gives you kind of an edge in recruiting is you've been a lot of different places, New Mexico, Portland State, LMU, Hawaii, Fresno State, you know, a lot of different programs and probably a lot of different programs looking for a lot of different types of kids. Uh, One of those kids was Paul George, NBA All-Star. Recruiting Paul George, are you looking at that kid going, you know, if you come to Fresno State, you could be an NBA All-Star? No, I was <laughs> no, I was looking at that kid like, man, he's six seven, he's long, he's rangy, he can play a whole different a lot of things to help us. You know, at this time when I was at Fresno State, we was going through a whole lot of probation issues. We took over for a program that was almost on the death penalty. We had uh, five or six less scholarships, a lot of less practice time. So for us to even be in the home of a Paul George who was also committed to Pepperdine before that, and the coaches got released. So a lot of good things happened for us. We just happened to be in the home, you know, express ourselves to to his family um, and just tell him what asset he can bring to us. Yes, right now coming to Fresno State is not the best thing to do, but we can offer you a whole lot more responsibility as a player than you going to Georgetown and having to fit into a role. Is that something you find yourself saying a lot to recruits as somebody with a lot of mid-majors? Well, uh, it depends on what they want, you know, to be honest with you. So so many of these kids, are heads are stuck into the skies to where it's about the, the name of the school to where you go to. But the reality of it is, which one of these schools is going to allow you to play? Who's going to give you the most responsibility from day one? If you're telling me that you want to be an NBA player, come in here and get some of this responsibility and show us that and show the world what you can do. One of those places you stopped was Hawaii. So you've actually coached against and with Dan Munson. So the question is, what's the hardest part about preparing to play a Dan Munson team? Well, you know that they're going to be able to score the ball. You know, um, the pace that they play at – and the point guards at the time was was so drastic in the league. I think at the time you've had three player of the years from that. Right, you know, just on that guard. spot. Yeah, yeah, so the focus there was trying to slow down their guard play and, uh, you know, make them defend. You know, that was the whole key. But, you know, as far as being on his side now, I can see the energy and the level that he, he – the passion that he's coaches with and gets these guys to play with an edge, which is great. You are one of those guys that brings the energy and edge from everything that we've seen. And, you know, we're not in the locker room with you guys every day. But um, what do you think that comes from? What do you think that brings to the team? I think J.J. pointed out to me, I think, when we were at the homecoming game that, you know, maybe because your career was cut shorter than you wanted it to be, maybe you still kind of have a little bit more of that energy. Where does that come from in you, and what do you think it brings to the well, team? I'm still young. You know, yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, looks, <laughs> it looks like if, if Munson pointed down the bench, you you're know, ready to go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it, you know, but – 
I just try to, you know, we all have our strengths. We all have what we do on the staff as, as coaches. And one of my thing is I, I pride myself on getting these guys to play with that sense of urgency because, you know, we all expressed it that I had an injury. Now, you know, you can go out there and you can play 6% and something like that can happen to you and then you can fall back and say, well, damn, I didn't play as much as, as hard as I should have played or you left something out there. That's one thing I can never say. I've always played my hardest when I got out there, whether it was 30 seconds, whether it was 28 minutes. You got to go out there and play like it's your last and have nothing to regret for, and that's what I bring to the staff. All right, before we let you get out of here, we're going to do some favorites. Yeah. So just rapid fire, who's your favorite NBA player of all time? Of all times is a guy named Terrell Brandon. He was a Northwest guy. That's an original he, answer. He's a point yeah. guard. Um, I loved his game, and, and, uh, and Gary Payton also. Oh, the glove? Yeah, Bay Area guy. Yeah, yep. yeah. definitely. Uh, favorite food? I would have to say Italian. Italian. I'm on that. What's yeah, your definitely. favorite Italian spot in Long Beach? You have anywhere you go right I don't. Um, I, I would say Olive Garden. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, time out. Time out. Time out. Okay. Come down to this Domenico's. Is, no, this is a, no, this is an unofficial. This is an unofficial <laughs> advertisement. <laughs> La Strada on Second Street. Right. Do There's yourself a, lot a of favor. Good Italian yeah, places on Second. Sure. Uh, how about favorite movie? <laughs> I was a big Rocky guy. You know, coming up. You okay. Know, inspiration, uh, underdog type of guy. Take that mentality. Do you have on. a favorite Rocky movie? I don't know when he fought. Um, um, was that five when he when when Apollo got killed? I no, that's so. three. Three. Well, that was the best one. Three's the best one. Yes, You're absolutely three right. Three for sure. Yeah. There's Apollo, no Apollo Creed, a Long Beach guy. Is he? Carl yeah. Weathers went to Poly. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, there we for go. Sure. We, we got deep Rocky roots. Have you seen yeah, Creed and Creed, Creed Two? I assume. I've have. That's I've a, that was like maybe me and my wife's uh, favorite movie of the last like five years. Or something. Four, four and five are just music videos. I feel like three is yeah, peak yeah, yeah. Rocky. But three was right. the best one. I agree yeah. right. for sure. Uh, yeah. Favorite book? Do you do you read a lot of books? Or? I do. Um, right now, what I'm reading is. You Pat Riley, Pat Riley. I'm, I'm into those that kind of books, those coaching books, the, the Pat Riley books, the Doc River books, the the, the Tom Valovich books. Do you, you have know. an all-time favorite coach? I do. My all-time favorite coach is Don Nelson. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, why I say that is because he really created the small ball yep, type of mentality. Sure. And if um, You would have loved like, to have played for Don Nelson. I would have. Yeah. I would have. <laughs> he, he let it go. All right, last one. Uh, do you have a favorite sport besides basketball? Yes, my favorite sport besides basketball is football. Okay, I like to watch football. The right. Miami Dolphins. I'm, I'm a big. You're a do- how do you grow up um, in the I, Bay? I, I, be a I'm Dolphins a big fan. Dolphin fan. Ever since they went to Stanford and lost to the 49ers, and um, I was able to get into that game somehow. And <laughs> oh saw, yeah, and saw Dan Marino and, and was hooked ever since. All right, okay. he saw Dan Marino lose, and he was like, "I want more of that in my life." I grew yeah. up in Long yeah. Beach as a 49er fan, and you grew up in Palo Alto as a Dolphins fan. Yes, you know? no <laughs> question. Who knows? No question. No Coach, uh, thanks again so much for taking the time. Obviously, best of luck this year, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Coach Kerry, for joining us. Uh, love talking to that guy. Love the energy he brings to the podcast as well as the basketball team. But uh, now let's uh, let's welcome Andy back. Andy, do you think that he would play if you gave him a year of eligibility? Without a doubt. <laughs> I, I go to practice, and he is as competitive. I, you know, I, I never – I watched him in some games, but never was around him uh, when he was playing. But man, that guy, I think if he could, you know, lace him up and go right at it, yeah. he would. His heart is is all in. There's a all NBA team for the face made after you know you didn't foul, but you got a foul called on you. 
right? Like Kobe always had a good I didn't foul him face. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think Carl uh-huh. Malone had a great I didn't foul him face. Coach Carey has such an incredible, <laughs> he didn't just foul him face. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to watch during a game. <laughs> yeah, he, he is so entertaining, and um, he, he brings so much to our program. Um, but, you know, he he has that energy. He has that that just lively attitude, and it's infectious. It's tough to, to be around him and not smile and laugh and, and have a good time. And, uh, you know, he brings so much uh, to our program. That's a big reason why he's a good recruiter. Uh, great recruiting class coming into Long Beach State next year, which we will obviously be following at the562.org. Before we get out of here each and every week, we do a recommendation. Andy, what do you think LB Nation should be checking out this week? Well, something that I've, I've been checking out, I don't have a date set for this uh, on the calendar, but I, I got to get over with Nicole to Catalina. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's been a long time, and I was I was talking with somebody at the basketball game at halftime on Saturday, and they had just been over, and I said to myself, it's been far too long, and it's far too beautiful, uh, so I'm going to throw Catalina out there. I like that. that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. The Avalon, when you pull into Avalon, it's like pulling into another world. Right, exactly. That's <laughs> It's international. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you got a birthday coming up? Any birthdays in the family? Because you, you ride for free on that thing. You, you know, no. I'm a, I'm a September guy. Nicole is June. So uh, there you go, June. <laughs> you know, you, you know, have the school year up. She gets out of school. Go hop on the Catalina Man, Express. Man, I better plan really well. I got a lot of time between now and then. I better have all everything set up. Uh, Mike, you got a recommendation this week? Uh, I guess I'm not really going to recommend it because I think uh, my wife and I are the last people in America who had not watched Game of Thrones. But uh, that's <laughs> but that's what's occupying all of our time right now. So I, I don't have anything else I could bring up besides it. <laughs> Game of Thrones. This is great. It's so timely. This is what you come to this podcast for. Timely recommendations. Uh, my recommendation is this weekend, when you're watching the football, we all need to send that energy towards a Breeze Brady Super Bowl. You might not like the Patriots. Maybe you don't like the Saints or whatever. J.J. Fiddler, huge Patriots fan. Apparently. We need the Breeze-Brady Super Bowl for, for a couple reasons. Number one is we need to be done with this Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time discussion. It needs to be over. By se- Wait, hold on. By it, sending him to another Super Bowl? Hold on. <laughs> if you think it. I don't like those chances. He's, a, yeah, he's you know. in his ninth consecutive AFC championship game. If you think it, you're going to think it forever. Nothing's ever going to change your mind. But if you're going to try to convince people otherwise, you need fodder. If Drew Brees, the most <laughs> underrated quarterback of all time, plays Tom Brady, the most overrated quarterback of all time, in the Super Bowl and beats him, you're ridiculous. It's the ultimate trump card. J- it's J- the J- ultimate trump card. JJ <laughs> trying to anger Ram Nation right now as well here. So yeah, well, know. I just really want Drew Brees to have another Super Bowl title so that my. I think Drew Brees is the greatest quarterback of all time. I agree. Actually has some legs I'm, underneath I'm it. I'm rooting for the exact opposite. I'm rooting for a Rams-Chiefs, my favorite game of the year, Super Bowl rematch. But I'm also rooting for the craziest weather possible in the AFC Championship game. Right. right now it's forecast to be five degrees below zero at kickoff, which they is nuts. Use the <laughs> phrase Arctic winds for kickoff. Yeah. Have you ever have, – I don't know if either of you guys – have you ever played catch like in the mountains in the snow when it's like 30 degrees outside? It the hurts. Football, it hurts to like hold the football. And when someone throws it at you and you catch it, it physically does actually hurt. And, like and negative worse, five, I can't imagine. Worst scenario is if you're the, one of the kickers. Are oh you kidding God. me right now? Yeah, sure. you, you just had to be petrified. I mean – me about everybody's padded socks so I don't break my everybody's toe. unhappy with that but the kickers I mean you, you start talking about making extra points yeah. forget forget field goals it's good, yeah that's a good point I like it 
I'm excited for those games, though. I think we got the best possible games. I'm, I have Sunday cleared on the schedule to sit and stare at the television for eight hours. Do you think they should switch the Super Bowl to, like, four places and just, like, rotate between those four places? All indoors, obviously. It's not a bad idea. Um, you know, I think there is something, you know, we've talked about this before, about Omaha, you know, for college baseball. There is something cool about going someplace or having a rotation that – you know, a city embraces it. So I think if there was some way to have cities who really were all in and, and, and made that experience just more than anything, I, I think that'd be a really great idea. We should just turn the Queen Mary into a football stadium and do it in Long Beach. It almost the Spruce, the Spruce right. Dome almost was a football stadium. That could have happened. <laughs> let's Don't do get it. Started. Don't let's, get started. Let's do it. All right. All right. <laughs> we got to get out of here. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for having us on your show. And obviously, good luck to all of the Long Beach State teams playing this week. We will be back in two weeks with another episode of the LB Fee Show. So thank you to producer Roger and everybody Yay, else Roger. who helps put this show together. We'll see you guys in the stands. Take care.